Jason. Today's episode of the Lee's Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds. Budget Blinds! Did you know that Budget Blinds of Lee's Summit is your home for the Signature Series shades? They are all hail our robot shade overlords. Now, I'm going to say this as we hail our robot shade overlords. I'm dressed appropriately for the ad read. No, I, I'm not. I, I, I missed the memo. But I would say, why am I dressed appropriately for this, Nick? What's happening this week? Because this Thursday night at 6.30, join us for a special live stream event brought to you by the good folks at Budget Blinds of the Summit. We've got Santa! Santa! Santa, live from his North Pole office, is going to join us for a special event. He's going to read some of his favorite holiday stories and... And he'll be taking our questions and your questions. So be ready. Just go to our Facebook event page, Storytime with Santa, for all the details and your link to watch that video and join us. But look, they're not stopping there, the good people at Budget Blinds. That's cool that they they have arranged a live stream with Santa, a socially distanced, safe Santa option for you this year. They're going to try to do some good on top of that. That's right. During the event, your donations to Lee Summit Social Services are encouraged. We'll have links there during the event, so you can just click and donate right in. Look, social services is helping a lot of people in our community right right now. There are a lot of people struggling. A lot of people that really need some help. I don't want to say this. Look, I'm fairly certain I have a good authority. It's a man wears red, bowl full of jelly, the whole bit, that if you – Dial into this live stream and give a little bit, maybe even a little bit extra to Lee Summit Social Services. You might make sure that you are on the nice list this year and ensure yourself something nice under the tree. So there you go, folks. Join us at 6.30 Thursday live on our Facebook page for a special visit with Santa. And hey, if you're looking for those signature series shades, go visit our friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Tell them Jason next thing you. Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I am Jason Norbury, and as always, I am joined by a man who clearly is less resplendent in holiday fashion than I. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. That's right. If if you're watching the video of this, which, I mean, why? Why? Why Why are you doing that to yourself? I, plain black sweater, Jason, Christmas cats, blazer. You betcha, baby. I brought I brought all the the A game holiday spirit with me today to do that. So for those of you on the podcast, you uh, who are listening only, I'm gonna say this: you're welcome, <laughs> and that you don't have to see this glorious, glorious visage of holiday kittens on skis uh, on on a on a blazer. I saw this. I think it was last year, maybe two years ago, and I wanted it very badly, and the wife. The wife uh, acceded to my wish and and bought me this jacket. So, Do you have the full suit? Are there pants to match? There is a tie. Uh, I did not go for the pants option because honestly, trying to find pants and especially that fit me then was not. It's not easy. Um, so the suit jackets, you know, you get it's more flexibility, right? In the the range of fit up here. So we just we, we went with that. But you know, you never know. I. I probably need to go find some like coordinating red or green pants that kind of coordinate color wise with this. That would be a nice touch to go with it. But I do have a matching tie. 
delicious. Uh, it's it is it's fantastic it is fantastic so link to leaf summit as always is the source for what you need to know about this very fine city and our unofficial sponsor today in a return to our most regular unofficial sponsor tacos the official treat of christmas well i mean is there a and every treat? other day honestly. and every other day and every other day because you can make a christmas taco but i bet you'd have a hard time making a christmas burger Jason, this is a special episode. This really is our last kind of you and I back and forth conversation of the year. Our final episode of the year is going to be with the big man himself. We're recording that and the live stream on Thursday, and then we'll post it again on Friday. But I thought we would take this opportunity before we take a little bit of a holiday break to... We're going to go over a couple little quick notes um, and then let's, let's, let's review, let's review what happened over 2020. I, I, you know, there might've been a virus we talked about a lot. I don't recall any conversations about any sort of virus or sickness or (laughs) pandemic or anything. I don't know what you're talking about. And that might just be that it's uh, it's in the morning on Wednesday and I'm trying to wash my brain out of all of that uh, at all times, but there we are. But before we get to the news, we got, something important to do we have some business stuff's been happening in the city a little bit of stuff well before we even do that jason oh goodness you and i were invited back to tour through the white ridge farm neighborhood of lee summit and to do the thing that we do best okay maybe the thing we enjoy the most maybe not do best and that is to pass judgment upon others for for basically no reason at all. So yes, that was that's exactly correct. With no basis in like facts or rules, just just straight up pure subjective judgment. There we go. The White Ridge Farm neighborhood invited us back to help judge their neighborhood uh, holiday lights contest. And this year we had to do it a little bit different. Um, we we took separate cars, our and we piled all of our families into each car, which. You know, because we're all looking for entertainment this year, right? Yes. That, so that kids, was my kids didn't even argue very much with me. They just basically said, "Yeah, get me out of the house, please." Dad. And that's a good day when the, when the teens just say, "Yes, Dad." Mm-hmm. That's a good. Day. That's a that's day. a good. It's a day. Good day. The one you get. <laughs> the one you get is that day. So yes. Yeah, so, so we did. Uh, we 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 caravaned through the White Ridge Farm neighborhood. I'm glad we told them in advance when we were coming because otherwise I'm fairly certain we would have increased our caravan with uh, patrol cars as well as is it weird that two cars keep driving and stopping every three or four houses throughout the course of an entire neighborhood, staring, occasionally getting out of the car to take pictures of people, all of those sorts of things. So there may or may not have been one man having a break on the porch of his house who was a little startled when, when we stopped the car to take a picture of his house. Yeah. So I know that personally, when that happened, if that happened in my house, I would be somewhat defensive. So kudos to uh, the folks of the white Ridge farm neighborhood for not attempting to call the police or shoot us. We, we do, we do greatly, greatly appreciate that. <laughs> I, a big thank you to Julie Hendricks from that neighborhood who has, has made the call to us the last couple of years and invited us out. It is a lot of fun. Jason, overall, Look, I think the neighborhood stepped up their game yeah, this I'm year. Gonna say, I'm there gonna was give, a big difference. There's some applause happening for the White Ridge Farm neighborhood. You guys, they, we, you brought a good game last year, but this year, 
there were not only there were more houses that participated, which I think is the goal, right? So it's to maximize our festive joy, but also like a lot of these houses really upped their game and upped the game, the Christmas decoration game for their house in the neighborhood. And it was, uh, it was very enjoyable, but I'm going to say just as a whole, you know, we're going to, we're going to have, we're going to award a winner, but really y'all did awesome and you deserve the kudos for it. Jason, I think I'm curious because we were in separate cars this year, which by the way, takes some of the fun because you and I don't get to have our, our typical sarcasm banner. Our off microphone banter. Yes. <laughs> uh, so what was the Norberry? What are the, what are their favorite type of, uh, uh, of lighting? What, what would they really like? Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to say this and as a whole, and I'm probably the same way. If you boil me down to it, they really enjoyed a lot of the, I guess you would call it the classically decorated houses with the, you know, the, the red and white lights or, you know, the trees done or whatever. The nice and, straight lines along the roof. Yeah. All that stuff, that sort of traditional thing. And our house is somewhat decorated that way. So I totally get it, but let's, I'm going to, I'm going to say this to be clear. Those are great. And I love them. And I probably, you know, given time, budget, money, and what have you would decorate my house fully in that way. But for this, we, I wanted to reward those, my opinions on it, my take, which is a little bit different than the rest of my family, really wanted to pour those that did a little extra this year. So that's, that's kind of the, the judging, but they really enjoyed a lot of the houses that had that, that classic feel, um, you know, not a lot of different colors and all that sort of thing as a whole, but that's this, that was the Norbury family. What was the Parker family take? The Parker family, look, we appreciate that classic and the, the pretty and the themed, but I got to tell you, we're fans of chaos. We kind of, we are, while we appreciate the pretty and we will applaud and we will let you know how awesome it is. We like a little bit of the crazy. We want some, we want to feel your emotion and your, uh, your passion for it. So the ones that we really got excited about were the, maybe a little on the crazier side. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So let's do a, let's do a few, uh, there's one big winner and we're going to announce that one, but I think Jason, we each had some that we too, we, we wanted to acknowledge. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I will say this going back to our classical theme. Now last year's winner, uh, our overall winner, that's 1624 White Ridge. I believe they upgraded their game a little bit this year, but they came back with that strong classic vibe with a little bit of extra on it this year um, that we saw. And so we just wanted to, we wanted to say, look, just because you won, we, we applaud you for not resting on your laurels. And just trying to roll the same thing back out year on year to think you're going to win every year for the same thing. So kudos to you for upping your game, even though it was already strong game. I'm going I'm to agree with you. I'm going I'm to add this, that if we had categories, which maybe we should think about for next year, if we had categories, that would be the classical winner. Yeah, I, I would say that probably so. So that's that. Um, wanted to go there. So I, I want to call it. I want to call it another one. Go ahead. This was not our, our, our winner, but 408 White Ridge. Jason, you know I'm a sucker for technology you and are. the use of technology. They had a movie playing on the door of their garage. Yes, and they that did. one, like, I salute you, sir. Right, Boy. that was that was impressive, and our family noted that one as well. That that was an impressive. That's something I had not seen. The rest of the house was good too. Moving pictures, strong use of technology. Right, we thought that, were, and of course, because well, Nick and Jason are Nick and Jason. 
we both very much appreciated the two houses this year, by the way, two of them, that brought Grinch decorations. Uh, 1411 Fifth Street and 1709 New Orleans, who I know we probably mentioned last year as well. Uh, We encourage that. And we probably will not rest until every house in the neighborhood has at least one Grinch decoration on it. So uh, I I would agree with that. Uh, The the my my son, Charlie, also very appreciative of Grinch decorations. Those were those were solid. We need more of that. Right. But look, this was and I think we can safely say this an entirely frivolous exercise on the neighborhood's part and our part. So be clear. We, we did not create any highfalutin rational criteria or any of that sort of thing. We want drove through the neighborhood. We took some notes on the houses we liked. We got together afterwards. We talked about it. We came to a conclusion, but all that being said, in any contest, if there ain't a winner, unlike soccer, there's no tie here. We've got a clear winner. I will not stand for this, this soccer <laughs> slander that you have just done, but we do have a winner here. So Nick, why don't you tell us the address of the winning, the winning entry? This is the winning entry. And I'm going to tell you how I came to my conclusion. Okay. Well, you this is hold them. Basically. This is the house that made me stop. I stopped and got out of the car to make sure I got a good look at this one. And we will post a picture of this on uh, some of our various feeds so y'all can see the the vibe. It's a bad picture, but- Yeah, yeah, well, we apologize for quality of the picture, but, we but there is a picture of this house. We didn't buy a new camera for this, <laughs> I just say that. Look, Jason, this had everything. This this was just, I think as, as you put it, it had a very Griswold vibe to it. It was bright, it was shiny. It had everything Noel written on the roof. There was a spinning tree. I think there was a NASCAR blow up. Was- uh, everything wonderful about it. Like they were ready for Christmas at 1509 9th Street. That's our winner. That's our winner. And hey, unlike last year, where you just got a, I would say, a glorious but very ineffable prize, this year we're going to have like an effable prize. This year. This year, we're going big time. Jason, our winner, the winning home at 1509 9th Street. Not only do you get a plaque made just for this event. By us, by the way. I would like that noted for the record. We actually are making this plaque ourselves. Homecrafted, handcrafted by the crew here at Lee Summit Town Hall Podcast. Also, our good buddies at Sabor Latino have thrown in a platter of 10 tacos for our winner. We're Jason. Brand. Tacos. Tacos. This is how much we valued this that we did. We went out and solicited taco-based prizes for you people. We care so much. Tacos. So if you, at 1509 9th Street, if you will contact us or Julie Hendricks, there with the neighborhood association we will work out a time to meet up with you to present you with your plaque and and your platter of 10 tacos from lee summit's very own sabor latino and i promise jason will not have eaten any of those tacos i will not i'll probably have to buy my own just to keep it you know because how can you be near them and not want to consume them that's just not okay so but we will do it um and uh it's uh, Congratulations. 
Congratulations, 1509 9th Street. And, and once again, Julie and all of you there at the neighborhood, thanks for inviting us out. That's a, that's a lot of fun. I love holiday lights. And, and this is a, just a great extra excuse to drive around another neighborhood and check out how everyone's celebrating the season. It's a lot Amen of fun. Amen to that. So that was the, that was the fun part. Now we're going to do a little bit of a, a retrospective on what I think we can all agree was maybe not the happiest year on record. Well, bef- before, before Jason, you're jumping ahead a little bit. Well, you know, just my, that's my a couple, just a couple little quick, quick, quick notes of current, of current things right now. One, the Lee Summit R7 School District has launched an electronic survey as part of its strategic planning process. You can find a link to that survey at linktoleesummit.com or at lsr7.org. So take part in that. It's a good way to be involved as the, as the district looks to, to plan for the coming years. Um, one other note, Jason, we always talk about being involved and, and, and being informed. One thing I think for everyone to watch is watch city council over the next few months. They're talking a lot right now about budget stuff. You'll remember that a year or so ago, Jason, they, they, they agreed to some raises for their represented employees. And at the time they noted that it was going to be kind of difficult to, to, to fund those raises, but, but it was very important to do it um, to make that decision. Now in light of COVID world, some of the monies may, may be a little harder to find. And so they're talking about right now, no decisions are made, but, but there may be some shifts in, in budgetary things. So that's something to pay attention to over the coming months. Right. Absolutely. So you want to you know, just pay attention to what they're going. We'll try to keep in loop, keep you in the loop as well, but you really want to get in ahead of the meetings as much as you can to, to, to give your voice. Uh, whether it be by it. phone call or email or whatever, contacting your, your city council member, the mayor, to tell them how you think about that, where you think the priorities are, so that they have those voices in their head when they are, are, are dealing with recommendations from the staff. Okay, now let's do it, Jason. Now All let's right. shift into a little bit of a retrospective. I jumped Look, the gun on a retrospective. It's <laughs> weird, but there I have managed to do it. Good job That's by me. That's 2020. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> look, let's take a quick look back. This is our last, our last kind of conversation of, of the year. Let's take a look back at 2020, what we talked about, what were the things that were kind of important in our community here in Lee Summit in 2020. Surely, Jason, it wasn't all COVID-related. I took a day or two this week uh, to kind of look back through it, and there were actually some good things. There was some good stuff that we talked about during 2020 that had nothing to do with the pandemic. Right. And even during the pandemic, and honestly, as a result of the pandemic, some good stuff has been taking place. And we've, we've spent, obviously, most effectively, re- most, most importantly, recently, um, have been trying to focus on those good things that are happening, you know, even as because of the pandemic, but also just even in response to the pandemic as we go along. So a lot of stuff. So starting way back in January, Nick, what was the big story then? You, you were gotta, in January. Yeah, I think it so. Was, it was in the before times. <laughs> This was a big deal for 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 me personally, Jason. I I, I hope for for you as well. We celebrated our three hundredth episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast, and right now, right now, we're recording number four hundred twenty-five. So that's a lot of a lot of episodes of people having to listen to Nick's voice. Um, on, I apologize I, to the people for that, right. but I have but, not been on all of them. But you you definitely uh, you definitely have uh, you've heard a lot of me and even more of him. Uh, as as we've gone through, but 
we're still doing this silly thing, even after we sort of started it on a lark all that time ago. So good to us. I, I, I think what it, what, it, what it tells me as I look through is that there are, there are important things to talk about. Uh, there, there needs to be a different way for us to, to pass the news along to the people of our community. And also, look, there's a lot of awesome people with good stories and doing good things. And I think we've been able to help tell many of those stories, uh, but we're going to tell more. There's more out there. There are more stories to come. Here's, here's, a, big, here's a big news thing from 2020, Jason. We added a new superintendent to the Lee Summit R7 school district. They did. They hired another one, uh, Dr. David Buck, uh, who came out of the east part of the state and uh, has joined us here. Uh, his announcement was in in January that they had they had picked him out of the out of the hat of superintendents that they chose, and uh, and we we talked a lot about that process. Um, some of that was 2019 process, but then the 2020 process as well as the lead up to and then the beginning of his uh, his actual tenure as superintendent, which has been overshadowed a little bit um, by that COVID thing. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, the funny thing is I was looking through the notes. We actually, the first time we had him on was not to do just an introduction kind of interview. It was to talk about how are we going to reopen the schools? How's school going to start? In, right. in, we, in August. We didn't even get the, the nice soft softball interview. We had to have him on for that. And, and that. then like a month or two later, he came back on to do the interview and the softball questions of who the heck are you, David Buck? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so that's how that impacted that as a whole, but we, but there was a new uh, superintendent, a whole new process that went along with that. We talked a lot about that in terms of what the people wanted out of the superintendent and, uh, you know, as necessarily compared to what they were dissatisfied with, with the prior one. Uh, and, and hopefully we'll get to see more of that part of the stuff and less constant pandemic response as we go forward. But, you know, the, I guess you, uh, you take the district as you find it. And we, not that he would have had, you know, he had plenty of pandemic response to do in his prior job before he, or he transitioned over to this one. So. I want to stick with the, the, the school district theme. Uh, another thing we got to, we got to do um, and fairly recently, Jason, was we finally got an opportunity to squeeze in uh, more conversation about the district's equity mission and plan and the training that they're doing. Um, specifically, we had what I think turned out to be a really good kind of panel conversation with uh, the school district with Phil from the equity consultant and with a student from Lee Summit West, Shadara Okafor, to talk a little bit about not only what they're doing with the equity training, but what it means to the district and to get that kind of student perspective of, of, of what's happening in the district. Yeah, no, I thought of all, that may have very well been our best interview of the year. Um, and that's, you know, including some of the ones we had with the superintendent or people from city hall or any of those sorts of things, you know, big stuff, thinking about how the, how the work has been going and then how it's impacting students itself was, um, I think a really important conversation. One that we had promised, right? A year, a year before we had promised that we were going to chase that down after they actually didn't, and then did hire the consultants. Uh, we, we said, we're going to get these guys and it took a year and the pandemic and a whole bunch of things, but we got everybody on a, got everybody on a zoom call. And I thought that was one of the more, the more powerful and useful uh, interviews and shows that we did in the last year. I was very proud of that work. 
Yeah, and I think it's I think it's important to keep keep talking about that. That was that was some some work that got overshadowed by the pandemic. You know that it was the the equity training was the talk of the district right for for a year and a half, and then it kind of fell under the radar because of everything surrounding coronavirus. I, I'm glad that we were able to, to to bring that conversation up, and I think I think what we found, Jason, is that that we're going to talk about it some more that there's well, still I, training going on it. And we're right. probably going to bring we, those three back on. We, we, we have to continue to talk about it. I mean, not only we do, but the district does, and they are making that they've committed to a, an ongoing conversation on that as they expand their work uh, throughout the whole of the district, you know, from the small groups that they started with to the next level and the next level and the next level. So hopefully, you know, maybe the next conversation we can have, we can get a little bit even a, an even greater view on how that is changing the way that people are doing their teaching, the students' experience, all of those sorts of things would be a really nice piece. So, uh, you know, Phil, if you're listening, you know, we'll be back. We're going to ask <laughs> you some more questions. One last uh, I note, I think, from the from the perspective of, uh, of the district, uh, uh, news that we've covered there, um, obviously, as we keep saying, the, the, the coronavirus has been the topic of, uh, of the year. Um, the Lee Summit District has done things a little differently in their in their plan to go back to school, where they they really focused on those those younger students, keeping them in person. And then there was the from fourth grade through through twelfth grade, they started out virtual, then went to a hybrid. Then they tried to push some; they were going to try to push some back to in person, then pull back, and now everybody's virtual again. A little different than some of the other districts, and I know the decisions have been really hard on a lot of people throughout throughout and the summer. I would say and I would say and not received universally well uh, right by everybody but in light of that I want to give kind of a thank you to board president Ryan Murdoch and to new superintendent Dr. David Buck they've made themselves available and they have uh every time we've asked they have come on the podcast and answered every question that we've thrown at them and and tried to explain not only the process of how they got to their decisions, but why they made the decisions that they made. And so I will give them kudos. You know, part of what we, we try to do here, Jason, is to, is to offer a little bit of transparency and a little bit of insight for, for residents and, 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 and voters so that they can see what's going on. And, and, and look, these two have, have, have answered every call we've made. Absolutely. And I will say this, you know, look, we have been critical of decisions the district has made and the processes, perhaps they've got them. Uh, the most recent kerfuffle with the pre-K to three, you know, in-person, not in-person thing, and then the emergency meeting to make the change at the back end and all of that. We were pretty critical of that. But on the plus side, they did that out in the open, right? They, I mean, they didn't ever admit fault, but they did it, they did it at least publicly um, to do that. Even in this era of only barely public meetings uh, because you can't go to them. Uh, they did manage to, to do that uh, and take care of that in those ways. So, you know, good on the district and, and probably that comes from the leadership of, of Ryan and, and Dr. Buck uh, to, to stand up and say, yes, this is the way we're doing things. Um, and here are the reasons why we're doing it. And as you said, you know, you don't have to agree and heck, not the whole school board agreed on doing all the things and all the decisions that they made, but they they're upfront. They stated those out there and that, and they push forward using the best information they have at the time that they're making that. And, you know, if we don't like those decisions, 
well, there are elections coming and we can always make those changes then. <laughs> there are elections and there are ways to make your voice heard. But all we can really ask for is that is that leadership is, is upfront and public with, with the processes and the decisions. So uh, thank you to thank you to them. Hey, uh, Jason, let's talk a little bit on the city side. Okay. You know, one thing that it's I am... Very, by the way. It was very non-soap opera-ish this year. Yeah, it really was. And and the part of me that likes drama for ratings <laughs> and right. viewership and listenership, come on, come on. Give me some more drama, City. Give me here. Look, uh, one of the things that I, I'm, I'm proud of that we've done, Jason, here is that we, for the most part, continue to interview and talk to all of the candidates when, when election season comes. And we do it a little differently than other forums or even other publications where there's, you know, standard lists of questions. And I think, you know, you and I have really, we, every year we tweak it a little bit, but we've really tried to, to find a way to talk to each candidate about, about similar topics but to come at, at it in a, in a more personal way with each candidate so that we can talk about their views and their perspectives and really let voters know who they're picking. And I think that's been good. And so I, I'm happy that we've continued to, to do that. Uh, I, I'm not happy that there were a couple of city council candidates who, who didn't feel the need to let voters get to know them by, by, by taking advantage of these interviews. That saddens me a little bit. I, it, it's bad for the people. It is. It's bad. And, I, it, you know, I like to think I style myself some sort of, like, hard-hitting interviewer. <laughs> right? But I know better. I mean, really, I know better. We're, I, I we're didn't not, laugh at you, my friend. Yeah, you did. And, oh. and deserve, I would deserve to be, if I, if I really thought that out loud, like, you should laugh at me every time I do that. But, I mean, we try to ask follow-up questions. I mean, so this is, this is what passes often in, in today's media for hard-hitting, right, is to ask a follow-up question uh, of when someone says something out loud and we get accused of all sorts of things, even at that relatively minor, you know, can you explain this, please, level that we've got. But, you know, you know what the subject matter is when we, when we start. There's no secrets, right? We don't hide anything. We're not springing anything on anybody being unwilling to come on and handle a couple of critical questions is, is pretty weak sauce. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this, I'm, I'm not kind of disappointed that, that those two got elected. I mean, not that they didn't deserve it. Clearly, whatever they were putting forth to the people, however they campaigned, it worked. They're the popular choice. They shouldn't like be kicked out of office or anything, but you know, it, it, it saddens me a little bit that, we, that their failure to appear, and not just to us, by the way, it's not just to the Link to Lee Summit or the Town Hall podcast. It's like they didn't go to anybody, right? They didn't make any appearances. They didn't do essentially any of that competitive campaigning stuff that you should do so that people could form a difference of opinion between you and the people you're running against. And, and I think that, they, uh, that we all suffered for that. And, and the fact that they got elected anyway isn't going to encourage anybody to come on next time uh, when they may have to face critical questions. And yeah, I, 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 I think for the very same reason that we were giving credit just a few minutes ago to Ryan Murdoch and Dr. David Buck is the same reason we're offering a little bit of criticism to council members uh, Edson and Damaro is they, they didn't, decisions or not, whatever, you like them, they didn't, they didn't come in to talk about why they do what they do and why they wanted to do it more. And so I, 
look, our, our role here is we try to keep more transparency. Just let people know, know who you are and why you're making the decisions you make. But I'm going to, I'm going to say this, this is my pledge for 2021. I know we only have student, uh, we only have city or sorry, school board elections coming up for a spot there. But if you, you sign up and you don't come on, especially if you're an incumbent, I'm going to mock you. I'm going to mock you all the time during the course of that whole process. It's coming. So just be aware and come on. We can have a lovely conversation. I think we had, we may or may not ask, ask a really hard question, right. but you're not going to be surprised. Right. I mean, we, we can have a spirited or even critical set of conversations. We were, you know, we, we got on some of the candidates for school board last time around, but I don't think, you know, but they have it. You, that's where you have the opportunity to give the answers. Just because we think something is questionable doesn't mean that the voters do. So you should be able to answer those tougher questions when you come on. So and I will say this, as we, look, as we look back at, at, at the 2020, those, those interviews with candidates, one of them, Kim Fritchie, she knew the question was coming and she was prepared for it. And I give her credit for that. Yeah, absolutely. So good on, good on people, you know, and when we asked a candidate Bushyhead, you know, about, her, you know, the, the controversial question uh, about her, she, she had an answer. I mean, you know, you may or may not have found it particularly satisfactory, but it, you get the chance to give the answers. We encourage you to come on. It really does make things, provides for a more informed voting populace. And, and I think it's always better. So boo on those council members for not coming on. You owe us at least one interview as we go forward. <laughs> uh, staying on the topic of, of elections, one thing that was different this year, Jason, that we haven't seen. So the last three or four election cycles here locally, we have seen an increase in activity from local PACs, from yes. political action committees. They have where a lot of money has been spent and a lot of time has been spent to try and influence the local elections based on the, the candidates that they support. This last election, for the first time, really, Jason, we saw some people and conversations in the community questioning who these groups were. Who, who, who are they? Why are they supporting the people they support? And, and, and why are they trying to, to influence others to think the same way? And that was interesting to me. Um, and it led us kind of to have a few conversations on this podcast about who these people were and the, and the things that they support. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that, you know, it's, it's one of those things where obviously we're not a pack. You and I have opinions on things and what have you. And we try to say, look, here's the information that you have available. Here's what the language says, you know, like we, how many times have we gone through like marching through like ballot issues or questions or things on there and actually looking at the words and what they mean and all that. And it's important, I think, for people to know, you know, yes, that there is support for candidates from various groups, but also what that support means is, is there. And, and maybe the job is easier with, you know, one of our most active political action candidate or committees is the firefighters union uh, PAC. Um, the, yeah, theirs is fairly straightforward. I mean, they think they want to support people who want the firefighters to get paid more and be better equipped and all the things that go in there. And that's fairly straightforward. There are, but even within that, there are you know, what is it, what are the issues that the, that the, the union members think are so important that they need to support or not support certain candidates and foundations for our future were, I think, intentionally, uh, what's the word, not trans, uh, vague, 
vague and yeah, vague and clouded about what they wanted people to know. They, they just wanted people to think that these are what we think is the best candidate, but nobody knew what that meant. And I think there are a lot of questions about that. And, and we advocated for just coming forward. I mean, even if there's three issues that the PAC cares about, what are those issues? And, or, and they could be as ineffable as we like their demeanor, you know, which is, I think, one of the things that foundations kind of started up in response to was a lot of the rancor that was on the city council at the time. Um, that if that's if that's your issue, that's great. Just tell us. That's all we're asking. Um, to so that people can once again have more information to make an informed choice about what they're what they're seeing and when they get out there. So, as a whole, you know, like that. And we're going to continue to raise those questions uh, into into 2021 as we have the next round of school board elections coming up. And then, of course, 2022, uh, the, the great mayoral reelection campaign will begin at some point, I'm assuming, and uh, and we'll, we'll start to cover that as well. The last thing to, I, I want to do here, and just to, to, to wrap up our 2020 conversation is, aside from some of those, those newsy things, I, I'm happy, Jason, and you got to be a part of some of these, but I actually, we actually found a way to get a few just good interviews in during the year. And some of those things I want to take note of is, is, you know, we did it selfishly, but I think maybe it was good for everybody else. Carrie Gray, a local therapist came on the show three times. Well, actually you know somebody more than that. Who deserves tacos. Carrie Gray. It's, it's Carrie Gray. Look, she provided a little group therapy session for, for, for all of us a, a few times uh, during this pandemic. It's it, Carrie, thank you very much. You you added some great perspective, and and I think just let us let us talk some things out, right? And and, and how to deal with all of the weird extra stressors we've all we've all had I, to deal with. This I year. say this with all the love in my heart, Carrie. I hope we need to talk to you less next year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Carrie was a part of another conversation. She came on um, because of her work with with Lisa McCares and Rediscover. She came out on. Um, with Kirsty Millar during September's Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And we talked about suicide and we talked about suicide prevention. And, and Jason, those conversations on our podcast started a few years ago after there were some suicides in our, in our school community. And, and I'm glad that we've been able to, to, to keep doing it. I still feel like I'm learning a lot on, on how to talk about this, this, this topic and, and, and what we should be doing. And so I'm glad they, they, they made some time to come on and talk to everybody about that too. Yeah, that was that was another one of our, our our good interviews. And I would say it was way back. It was like three plus years ago now when we had that first six person interview with all of those folks, Lisa McCares and Rediscover and and uh, Terry Trafton was on, and I had all those people on to talk about those issues. We've learned a great deal about it. And, but I, I think it is actually, it goes past just being able to talk about the difficult issue of suicide and how to, how to talk to people in times of stress, but it goes into other stuff. It's really impacted the way, you know, we kind of, some of our interviews that we do, some of the topics we talk about, how to raise difficult topics, how to talk about things that people may be uncomfortable with a little bit, you know, going back two years, right? When when the, the horrible things were said from the school board dais and we, we talk about those things and we made those very clear comments, but how we did that was very much informed in part by some of the conversations that we've had about much, much more serious topics than who dropped a racist word on a council dais. You know, these, that's like literal existential stuff and suicide prevention. 
but that carries past just that into a much broader set of tools that we have to be better humans um, from day to day and, and get along better with each other. Uh, I think another good example of that was we had um, Miriam Khalil on. And when was that, Jason? I think that was in that was in June. And, you know, it was during a lot of, of broad national conversation about about diversity and, and, and race. And here locally, a, a Twitter thread started the the our struggle LSR seven. Um, and, and, and Miriam came on and she talked about what it was like for her to have grown up in this in this school district as a Muslim woman. And, and you know, and what it's like now that she's in college and coming back and she told some some of some of her story and some of her experiences. And so I think, I think you're right. Those things are allowing us to figure out how to have those conversations better. And how to keep, do it better. And we, and you know, on that equity conversation, not only is the school board or the school district, sorry, not even just the board, but the district doing those, having a lot of that stuff internally about understanding the lived experience of these, these people who are, you know, have been oppressed or are treated differently over the course of time and how they experience that. But even talking about that at the city level with the mayor's commission a situation on on equity and, and relate race relations and and what have you in that process and even just you know how they talked about getting that thing formed uh and and having those conversations going forward is, is something that's been pushed into that whole process so it's it's you know it's an interesting and we keep we keep you know i'm gonna we get all the credit nick because that's what <laughs> this podcast is about is but we keep pushing for that thing how are we having those conversations how are we doing that are we doing that in a productive way in an open way in a way that's inclusive to you know more people and and, and do better job so i mean really what i'm trying to say is we fixed lee summit uh, <laughs> that's not what i'm saying at all but i mean i think we've helped a little bit and we've learned a lot about how to go about that and and i think that that's useful and i hope that you know we've been a piece of the elevation of that through the course of the district, even in what I would call a year where we've had a lot of loud arguments and conversations about things that we don't really talk about here on the podcast, but aren't very healthy or productive conversations. But yet, even at this at this local level, right, we're, we're able to do a lot of that good stuff to try to keep things productive and healthy. Speaking of good stuff, the other thing we try to do, Jason, is talk to people that are just doing good things in the community. You know, we talked to, I got the chance to talk to Rachel and Ronnie Dyer from Dyer, Dyer Oil Graphics, who's their response to the to the the stay at home order was they created a brand of, of merch called the Quarantine Tap Room, <laughs> the stay at home and drink. But they worked with they worked with uh, uh, local breweries and other people, and and you know what, money from that merchandise went to help Lee Summit Social Services. I talked to. You know, Amy Johnson and Jamie Lyon, whose who's I Am Notice program works with schools and kids around. Um, Glenda Masters and Amy Frigia talked a lot about art and things people could do during the stay-at-home orders. Like, here's some things to do because we're all stuck at home. And, you know, we, we talked, Jason, we, we re-interviewed. We got to talk to some of those agencies around Coldwater, Meals on Wheels, One Good Meal, that, that other guy at Lee Summit Social Services. We got oh, to talk to them about about what their organizations do and how they're helping their community. We're going to keep doing more of that. We're, we're looking to keep telling those stories and introducing people to, to members of our community that are just doing good things. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's always good to have, you know, it was a good opportunity to have Roberta back on, who was always, you know, it was one of our very first interviews and one of the ones that kind of really sent us down this road. So uh, good on Roberta for that, but also, I mean, like the giant amount of stuff that she does for people in the community. <laughs> it's a little bit more important, but, you know, also, once again, she has enabled us to fix Lee Summit Nick. So that's that's the key thing. There we go. Well, that is, uh, that's it, Jason. That's it for my mirror look back at 2020. I am looking forward to 2021. I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot. Jason, is there a story you hope you get to tell in 2021? Um, what it's like to be outside around other people. <laughs> That's a story I'd like to tell. I'd like to have, I, I think we, you know, at some point, whether it's like August or whenever, whenever we get to all, we get all get vaccinated and we get a handle on this thing. I want, I want my, I want a post COVID story. That's what I want in 2020. I want a post, I don't one, like one just happy post COVID story. That's what I want to hear about. Cause like whether, you know, maybe we'll get, uh, maybe we'll get Julie Cook on to talk about like the events she gets to have again um, because we're, we're post COVID or, or, you know, businesses beginning to get, you know, that, that lived through this. I and mean, we have businesses in downtown, for instance, that survived the, the, the uh, recession and the construction and the redoing of that and have survived all the way through this and are going to survive COVID as well. You know, one of those stories, something like that, man, happy stuff, man. We need, I need some post COVID goodness is what I need. And most importantly, not even the goodness is not the most important. It's the post COVID part that I want. <laughs> Here's a specific one I'm looking forward to Jason. And I, I, I think we're going to get to tell this one, but I think it's that the new uh, development on on Green Street across from City Hall, the the, the permanent home for Lee Summit Farmers Market, that outdoor performance space, right? All of those things that we've been talking about off and on for the last seven years or more. We're going to finally get to see that project take off a little bit. Somebody's I'm looking gonna forward put, to that one. Look, That's one I'm looking forward to. Ceremonial groundbreaking on that may be the most attended groundbreaking in the history of the city. Uh, I'm just, that'll be, that'll be something else. Uh, Cause well, especially if we're allowed to be within six feet of one another, <laughs> when we do it, um, it'll even be better. But yeah, I mean, like I might even venture out and be around other humans. If, if that's the, if that's the prize on offer. So stay it. tuned for that video in 2021, Jason. Hey, thanks again for sitting with me uh, for, for another year of this you stuff. Know, it's, it's I love doing this pleasure. podcast. It is. It is literally a pleasure. Um, I mean, the hours that we talk outside of what's recorded and published to the internet are probably as as, uh, as good for my mental health as they are uh, as important to me as the podcast. But I think the fact that we get to do this and spread a little bit of information, help people see through things, and then give out the good stuff as well, the good interviews, the happy things, the things that people are doing in the community. It's pretty awesome, and I'm glad we get to do it. That's it. That's going to wrap us up. Uh, thanks again to Julie and the White Ridge Farm neighborhood for inviting us out to be judgy again on their holiday light contest. And a big congratulations to the home at 1509 9th Street for your win and job, your Clark. championship holiday decorations. That'll wrap us up for this week. We'll talk to everybody Thursday with Santa. <laughs>